Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When he put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Or they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are, t are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human ca being can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Good morning and welcome to our morning service. Today is Sunday the 3rd of May. I just want to say thank you to Laura for reading uh, the Bible passage this morning, which is from James chapter 3, uh, verses 1 to 12. And indeed, we are uh, continuing our journey in the book of James, and today we look at this passage, and I've given it the title, From the Heart's Abundance, the Mouth Speaks. There are three areas that James is looking at in this uh, part of chapter 3. First of all, he is looking at the area of leadership in the church and the way a faith is seen in action in the life of those who teach in the church. And this is from in verses 1 to 2. And then he's looking, um, in the second part of, of this passage, he's looking at the power of tongue. Uh, and then, right at the end of the passage, he is looking at the area of potential uh, of fruitfulness in the life of those who trust in God. So allow me to, to go to the first part, verses 1 to 2. James is looking at the leadership in the church, um, and he's also looking uh, and giving advice for potential leaders in the church. He, he talks about the fact that uh, being a leader in the church uh, comes with great responsibility. Uh, and leaders or potential leaders uh, need to take it very seriously. Paul teaches that it's not a, a bad thing for someone to want to be a, a leader in the church, to, to be a teacher, but at the same time, uh, people who want to do this uh, job as service to, the, to God need to realize that they have a greater uh, accountability uh, because those who teach will be judged more strictly, James teaches us in verse 1. So, greater responsibility, it means that at the point of judgment, when we all will come before uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord, um, we will be, or people who are in, in, in um, a place of leadership, will 
have a different criteria um, uh, from which they will be judged. James recognizes the fact that we stumble in many, many things. And, and he here, as a church leader, as an elder in the church in Jerusalem, he doesn't exclude himself from, from this category. He says, we, um, and he says, we stumble in, in many things. And, and it's amazing the fact that uh, someone on this position recognizes the fact that we are not yet perfect but we are still striving to become as Jesus our Lord. In verse 2, he says, we, stumble, we all stumble in many ways. If, if anyone never stumbles, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. So, yes, we are not perfect, but in the same time, it is expected from those in, 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 uh, in positions of leadership, those who are teaching in the church, to have a certain maturity, to be able to control the way they speak. Um, and, and yes, someone who wants to be in, in that place need to uh, strive to become more mature in their faith and become like Jesus. So what are the areas um, where someone could stumble? Well, someone could use uh, or uses a worldly, uh, worldly language, can boast, can exaggerate, or report only what they want, or they may gossip, or have an evil eye, reporting only what um, they think it's 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 um, it's right in their eyes, but not seeing the whole picture, or being angry, or using flattering language to in order to gain something from someone. On the opposite side, maturity speak, speaks with a temperate language. It's balanced. Is is wise without making difference uh, looking at people's faces. Language that promotes peace, common vision, that encourages and speaks truth in love. So we have a greater responsibility and anyone from the Sunday school teacher, uh, from deacons, elders, worship leaders, uh, people who welcome people in the church, we all have the responsibility to be careful the way we talk and to show maturity in Christ. The second part of the reading uh, this morning is about the tongue and its power from verses 3 to 8. It's very interesting that James here paints two vivid image, images. One is of a horse and one of a ship. Well, we all know, and I'm, I'm sure you have seen those programs where American cowboy um, gets a mustang from the wilderness and they try to train uh, the horse and tame the horse and use it in a, in a um, purposeful way. So I've seen one of those programs and I see the, the, the cowboy who, first of all, uh, gains the, the trust of the, of the animal and then touches his face and then uh, slowly puts a rope around his neck and then, and then finally they put the bits in, in their mouth and once they, they manage to do that, they can control the whole animal. Then the saddle goes on and then obviously the animal is ready to be properly trained. The same thing with, with the sheep. I've been into Portsmouth and I, I think I've mentioned this a few times. And every time I, I looked at the HMS Victory, I feel amazed of the size of that um, uh, uh, sheep. And then also the small size of the rudder who actually have, uh, you know, the, the pilot has managed to, to move the sheep in, in battles. And, 
it's amazing to see the uh, different pictures in the museum near, near the ship and see how they managed to, to maneuver such a huge vessel. You see, two small pieces of equipment can move, one can uh, direct an animal and, and use it in a purposeful way and then the other one to move a, a big piece of equipment. It's the same with our tongue. Verse 5, uh, in verse 5, James says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The tongue is, can, used, can be used inappropriately and it's a fire, a world of, um, of evil that corrupts the whole body. I'm sure you would remember the words of the song. It only takes a breath or two to tear your world apart. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can break your heart. Cutting words from careless lips softly spoken, or you can do damage and never scream and shout. Emotions get the best of us. We say things we don't mean. And it is the late to take it is late to take them back once they're out. And it's real when we're not careful what we're saying, our words can act as sharp knives and, and killing uh, instruments and they don't do uh, an exterior damage, they do damage inside. Humankind, we're told by James, were able to tame all kinds of animals from the sea, from the land, but he says man can't tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So what gives the tongue its power? I'd like us to go in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, where actually Jesus teaches about this. And he says those words, Out of the overflow or the abundance of heart the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stores up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. The reality is, our mouth will always speak what we've got in our hearts. And when the heart is, is with problem, when the heart is not in the right place, Jeremiah in chapter 17 verse 9, he teaches us, and he says that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, he says. Who can understand it? Well, there is hope, you know, all these verses say, oh, this is bad and all things are, you know, hopeless and who can understand it? But there is hope when we trust in Jesus and we go to him. There is power there in Jesus to be regenerated, to be changed. And the first thing that Jesus does when we go to him is he changes our heart. He gives us a new heart. The Holy Spirit, God renews us, restores us, makes us and gives us a heart sensitive to others, puts love in it and compassion in our heart. And then the way we use our tongue will be changed. If we, before we use our tongue in a, in, in a way that will create damage and, and upset people around us, now when we are changed by the word of God, the words that come out of our mouth and our tongue will use to bless God and support others. 
If before we use words that were cutting people's hearts, now our words are encouraging words. If before we had words that um, will leave open wounds in someone's life, now our words that uh, our words are words that bring healing. If before we would create broken hearts through the way we speak, now forgiveness and restoration it's a reality in someone's life. And the third part of, of this reading is from chapter it's from uh, verse 9 to verse 12. And here uh, James is looking at the potential of fruitfulness um, for God in someone's life. He introduces this image um, of uh, the tongue being used to praise God and to curse man. And he repeatedly uses the, wor the words, my brothers, twice actually, in two verses, he says, my brothers, it shouldn't be like this. We can, there are two ways we can use our tongues, one to bless God and one to curse mankind, people who've been made in God's image. So the question is, how are we using our tongue? Can both be curse man and bless God? Are they going together? He asked two rhetorical questions. He asked, can, from a, um, can fresh water and salty water flow from the same string, spring? Or can a fig tree bear olives or gra a grapevine bear figs? Obviously, everyone who listened to James's words knew that that's impossible. It can't be. So the answer is no, it can't. So there is a potential in us to be God's people and have and use our tongue in a way that honors God. And there's also the potential to reject that and use our tongue for um, the destruction of those around us and us finally. This morning, I'd like to encourage you to search our hearts and, and, and see where we are with this. Let us make ourselves available to God the Holy Spirit to search, search us this morning, to see where we are. And if we need to repent of anything, any words that are usually in our vocabulary and they are not build, words that build up um, those around us, let us just put them at the foot of the cross. Or it might be that uh, recently, or the last week or so, we have upset someone, we have said someone, uh, um, something to someone, and that has not really been an encouraging word. And you know that, deep in your heart, you know that that's not right. And I would encourage you, after this service is finished, to pick up the phone, um, or any other way you can communicate, and, and ask for uh, forgiveness, and, and repair that relationship until the wound doesn't get deeper. You know, there is power of healing in the name of Jesus. And let us come back to God um, to be renewed, to be restored, to be filled afresh with His Spirit, ready to fill our hearts with treasures that will be a blessing for others, blessing coming from our lips. So, I pray that God will bless you and keep you, and He will be with you. We're going to close this service with a prayer, so in the next few minutes, if you could, just bow your head and pray together.
Father in heaven, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. We confess that we, we are not perfect in our speech. In our journey as disciples, we stumble many times, but every time we come to you and you stretch your arm and lift us up. Lord, forgive our sin. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you now to fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, to be able to fulfill what you've got in plan for us. We realize, Lord, that one day we will give an account of every word we have said. Help us, Lord, to be, be fruitful for you and for your kingdom. For your kingdom is not a matter of well, it's for your kingdom is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. 